Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. These technical difficulties are not going to stop us. And we're not going to grow in drugs, everybody. X means insert your own vegetable. So there's that. So um, we're going to talk about why we are growing a certain vegetable. And we have our chosen few based on price, nutrition, or even taste. So um, this should be interesting. What do you think, Batavia? I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Are you? Yeah. What's the prize at the end of this? What's the prize? Mm -hmm. Um, You get the satisfaction of knowing that you are decisive in what you grow. (laughs) How's that? I'll take it. Winner, winner. Give me the trophy. (laughs) Um, And just so you guys know, if you'd like to support the show, you can come check us out on Patreon or Apple subscriptions. And... Come join our Facebook group on Backyard Gardens Community Garden. We'd love to see you there. Um, What's your first one that you like to grow based on these categories or other categories? Um, Cucumbers. um, I'm not quite planting them as of the recording of this, but they were one of the first things that I grew in one of my first gardens. Um, I'm going to add ease to the list. Get out of my head, um, lady. Back, yeah, back then, <laughs> it's comfortable here. Back, you know, 14, 15 years ago, you know, cucumbers were less expensive. You know, the price point isn't what it is today. I think if I get cucumbers $2 for, or two for $1, I'm winning, you know, um, and the taste is absolutely not the same. Um, a cucumber tastes much better from your garden than it does in the store. I still buy them regardless, even in the off season. Um, so I don't have a lot to offer for nutrition on this particular vegetable, um, but I'm never making pickles, homemade pickles from the cucumbers I buy from the store. So that's also one additional benefit. In addition to just eating it with a little bit of vinegar, adding it to some 
part of a summer salad, although lettuce isn't necessarily coming out of my garden much in the summer. So yeah, cucumbers. Yeah, I, I grow them, and I mean, we can make an Everland, ever-expanding list of why we grow something, but for the texture, too, I mean, my wife, she'll buy cucumbers from the store in the wintertime, and man, they're just, they're just mushy. I'm just, I'm not feeling it, you know what I mean? So, um, and yeah. they are fairly easy to grow. I mean, the easiest part about them is it's one of those plants that you literally can just go stick a seed in the ground. You don't have to start mm-hmm. them inside or you're welcome to if you'd like, but it's not necessary by any means. So I think that's um, the ease factor is a, is a good one. And I got to say, based I think even on you being in my head, even in an- I need to get a mover to come in and move that lazy boy out that I have supplied you so you can get nice and comfortable in there. Yeah, it's it's a chase though because I need I need the full to be able to extend the full length. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was gonna uh, to say like if if you're having an okay cucumber year, you probably still have more than what you really can use. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely a prolific crop until disease hits. You know, for me, it's primarily um, powdery mildew. Um, I haven't fortunately haven't had issues with like you know cucumber beetles or anything um so so yeah but by then I'm, I'm okay with you know being done with the plant when that powdery mildew hits later in the summer yeah um my first one's gonna be sweet potatoes shouldn't be a big surprise mm. but um you know for me it check marks every single box we're talking about here it's it's cheaper you you know if you do it right you get more but um, it's cheaper. They're definitely nutritious. Great source of fiber. Um, for us, there's a lot of they're base to a lot of meals. Um, I think personally, if you get the right variety and you grow them, you it's not that they necessarily taste better than coming from the store, but you don't know exactly what you're getting. If you like like a creamy sweet potato or something like that, mm-hmm. you can control that more based on the you know the variety that you grow um and then the other thing too is like the curing process that you go through you can ensure that you're getting the best cure out of it so you can get the sweeter potatoes maybe than you can in the store because a lot of times in the fall when they come into the store around here you can tell that they've been rushed to cure and you don't mm-hmm. really get a good sweet sweet potato and i mean they're even they're easy to grow f- for the most part because until, unless you like to eat the leaves, which I don't like to eat the leaves, so don't recommend it to me. Thank you. I appreciate your opinions. But if you, if you don't eat the leaves, you don't do anything but just wait 100 days and then dig them up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the complicated I part think, is in the curing process, though. Oh, I, I look at the curing bit of, like, just set it in and forget yeah. it. Um, for me, in my space, I mean, I think it's a great crop. Um, I think that around the holidays so when most people are harvesting their sweet potatoes grocery stores still are running sales Um, but i think it kind of goes back down to the you don't know what you get you know and so i think the way that you prepare them also ties into it if you're eating the sweet potato in a more natural way you know without not all of the you know good butter and sugar and cinnamon and nutmeg like if you're not whipping up a sweet potato pie with all those things then the quality of the potato really really matters if you're using it for like a baked potato you know baked sweet potato or something um i have had mixed results when it comes to starting slips 
you know, a lot got away from me this spring. And so I didn't even start slips. And so I'm hopeful that I'll find, I'll find them in the stores. And if I don't, you know, I'm just, it's not going to be something in my garden this year and I'll be disappointed, but you know, sometimes you got to learn the lesson the hard way. Get on it, girl. Um, I, I think that the one asterisk I'd say is you really need a really hot 100 days and you need soil that, um, is pliable. Yeah, you do. Um, that's an issue I ran into last year, which we're working on. So I'm actually, um, my sweet potatoes slips are coming along. I, as of today, I have six. I went ahead and repotted them. I pulled them off the potato and I repotted them. Um, and so right now they're, I put them in six packs because the best year I ever had, I actually found a six packs of sweet potatoes and planted rooted slips in the ground, like fully mm-hmm, rooted mm-hmm. and did really well amongst every other person telling me I would never do good with it. So I'm doing that again this year and I don't have, I'm like you, I don't have enough sweet potato slips. So I'm hoping that I can find some, I'm not going to go crazy ordering them. I don't think, but I do think I want to change my variety up. I'm growing, I've been growing Georgia jets for the past couple of years. And I think I want to try uh, some Carolina rubies because they're supposed to be more creamy. So, um, I'm going to give that a shot, I believe. And plus, if it's a Carolina Ruby, more than likely it'll grow better in my area, I'm thinking. So, you know, it's something that I want to test out this year. Yeah, I uh, was looking back on my sweet potato harvest from last year. Uh, I still haven't grown enough that I feel like to make sweet potato pies for the holidays, but that's okay. I had my Um, first sweet potato pie this year. Oh, did you? Did you enjoy it? I did. So, I don't eat nutmeg. Um, I'm allergic to it. So there is that we do have a workaround for it, which is ginger, believe it or not. Um, Mm -hmm. It does pretty well the same thing. And I told my son and I ate it and we we looked at my wife and I said, um, can we not have pumpkin pie this year? Can we just have sweet potato pie? (laughs) So we're actually having um, we're growing pumpkin pie pumpkins this year, too. But you never know how that's going to work out. Yeah, I think last year I learned that there is a difference in um, pumpkins. You know, I guess traditional pumpkins that you may see on people's porches aren't normally the ones that people make for pumpkin pies. I know people do what they do, you know, but. But Tavia just sent me a picture of her sweet potato har- harvest and I counted six date night sweet potatoes. <laughs> well, you know what? That's such a great thank you. That's such um, I can't, you know. I, if I could grow sweet potatoes and harvest them in July, anyone that's Nobody watching can. me online, well, listen, <laughs> if anyone that's watching me on the socials, you'd get a look at them. But by the time I get to October, like the video footage and the photos are few and far between. This is the third year that I think I've not shared my sweet potato harvest. I'll have to embed it into some video or, or some post or something. But I was really pleased with this year's harvest. And sweet potatoes are a thing that I've really enjoyed growing and learning about because I didn't necessarily think that that was a thing to grow in Chicago. So the zone doesn't matter because I'm pulling them out before it, you know, it gets to freezing. Um, But for those that are curious, I'm in 6A. Um, But I just thought, you know, again, Southern areas, that's where you're going to get the best sweet potatoes from. And I'm not saying that mine are the best, but um, I figured out the spaces in my garden that I believe crops like sweet potatoes will do Dude, well that is, I have, say that one more time please 
I'm going to read the closed caption so I could say it exactly as I said it. <laughs> I figured out the spaces in my garden where I believe sweet potatoes are going to do well. God, that's and it's not so every important. growing space. Oh, my gosh. Preach it. She's on the pulpit, everybody. My goodness. Here we go. And by the I'm way, I counted. Tell you. Hold on. <laughs> I counted 10 date night sweet potatoes. And if you don't know what a date night sweet potato is, it is a term that I have created for sweet potatoes that are big enough to share between two or more people. If you are so inclined to have a date night with more than two people, some of these potatoes will work for that. You be you. But um, and I mean, just because not all of them are that big. I mean, you know, based on what I saw there, there were some a lot of decent sized potatoes, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it does. Take, and I can go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> so um, just for the record, we are over talkers all the way through. So just deal with it. Um, it doesn't take many sweet potatoes to make a sweet potato pie either. I was surprised about no. that. Mm-mm. I think I normally use date using a date night size about seven sweet potatoes uh for three pies is what i normally like that's the the minimum that i'll make um and so if i get six or seven good size sweet potatoes that'll do it you know when you add all the other fixings in eggs go into them too uh per my recipe which is my grandmother's recipe which is probably someone else's grandmother's recipe um so i think that but back to the idea of the soil and so i think that um the front yard garden there's like two spaces and i'm trying to go back to like what i did to those spaces and i'll tell you on another episode the piece that i figured out i kind of stumbled into um and then compared to some of the other um garden spaces the bottom line is the other garden spaces are probably a a little bit more compact for the soil compared to uh the places that i've now earmarked to grow them Uh, but yeah i I hear you on the sweet potatoes i'm going to move on to mine I had more to and, say, but that's okay. I'm joking. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I don't have my uh, my recorder time up. Oh, yeah, plenty of time. Say more. Say more. No, no. I was just saying. Um, I don't even know now. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so this one, it's and some of these may be boring to y'all, but it's okay because these are why I grow eggs yeah. and why young Ben grows eggs. Um, sweet bell peppers boring and i'm using no. yeah i use that generally speaking you know i'm going to capture like a larger sweet pepper in general i didn't know what that a sweet pepper was really sweet until i had one for my garden yeah you know and that obviously you know need to wait until it matures and it turns from green to red to really get um the joy out of it i can actually picture this is probably three years ago um you know and even some of the peppers that i had grown before years back i don't remember it being like notable and i was making i think some pasta or maybe a salad or maybe both and you know you eat a fresh pepper and i'm just like this is it uh, so price is outrageous and has been as long as I can remember in any store for any bell pepper. If you want a bell pepper that's not green, good Lord, you know, sign up for a loan. So definitely it's um, a benefit if you're growing them yourself from a price point. Um, I've had great luck with peppers in general. My bell pepper plants aren't the most prolific. Like I'm not getting like, you know, 20 pale peppers from one plant, but that's okay. I just, you know, sub in a bunch of plants. Um, and it is one of the things that I use red pe- bell peppers and one of my favorite 
tomato pepper garlic sauce like that's like it's a household item now yeah and it's it's very nutritious as well so yeah um, yeah it's just someone uh, commented on a video recently because i must have said something like i prefer to wait until they get full fully mature and they t- spoke about well it's not the same but spoke about how it's easier to digest once they get um to be fully mature and i'm like yeah good point and so then i did a quick google and it's like some people do have issues digesting you know raw green peppers yeah i guess i don't know just a little nugget there you're not one of those people that's the reason why it doesn't really float to the top um i'm not trying to go down that path on this show but i will say this i'm just not big into the whole digestive thing this is easier to digest this is that i i just i don't know how i feel about that i don't you prefer not to digest your food no well i mean i would prefer just to hold it in there forever have you seen me clearly i'm holding it um that's what i'm telling you i'm <laughs> i came across a video from 2021 or 2020 or something and, and to your point clearly i'm holding some stuff in from the last two years but go on yeah you know, so I digress. um but no i just i don't feel like the science is there because it's so varied between people so it may be easier for some people. I don't I don't know. I, I just I don't feel comfortable taking a stance on it. Now, I do have some actually some personal breaking news that I don't mind sharing if you want to take a second. So, yeah, sure. Um, I recently have entered into a dietitian to try and get some of this food that I hold on to me very well off. And, um, you know, everybody knows I've been vegetarian for a long time, pescatarian. And um, I have officially transferred over to a paleo style, style diet. So it's mm-hmm. very interesting, though. And I bring it up for a reason because I told her, I was like, look, I eat out of my garden. And so we're getting meal plans given to us. And I'm like, I eat out of my garden. So I have to send her specifics on what I'm getting out of my garden to eat so she can make the meal plan because they don't know how to handle eating mm. seasonal eating like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like i get at one meal plan and it was like you know um apples and i'm like apples aren't in season like we don't eat that stuff you know and it's like <laughs> you know we were talking i was i was counting i have one peach i have two peach trees right now one of them is and this is my next one by the way is peaches um 60 peaches on one limb growing right now on one limb and, um, you know, I told her, I was like, when it's peach time, it's peach time. We got to go hard. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, in my area for me, these peach trees are super easy. Um, I plant them in the fall. I, I went to tractor supply and I got a plant for 20 bucks. I got a tree. I plant it in the fall. And the next year I got 60 peaches off of it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really do anything to manage it you know now you do have to trim the tree appropriately in the off season but it's a constant i don't have to replant it i don't i don't even really have to fertilize it i don't have to do anything it's just growing peaches and how tall does the peach tree get so well a peach tree gets tall but the way you trim it is different so you don't want it to get tall you want to trim it so it grows out it's low and wide mm-hmm. so really you want it about five feet tall but you want mm-hmm. it about you know five to eight feet wide and that's how you're going to get more peaches so i like doing that kind of stuff it's very interesting to me but it's i mean like i said like the first year last year we were like look i don't i don't know how many peaches we're going to get whatever and i was watching it 
and I was watching it and I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of peaches. And this was only one tree. And um, I hadn't prepared myself for when to harvest peaches yet because I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I, I read about it and they're like, when peaches are ready, they're all ready at once. And I was like, crap. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. harvested every single peach and I didn't, I couldn't eat them fast enough. So I had to can them. So now we're eating peach pies and stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you get like a whole lot off. Of, I have a $20 investment. And last year we did the math and we we ate $30 worth of peaches on the first year. <laughs> and this year looks like it's going to be more and more. So um, we will. I told my wife, I was like, I'm planting a peach orchard. I don't even care. Like, I'm just going to start putting in peaches everywhere because it's just it's my favorite fruit anyways. And the taste is so, out of this world. <laughs> I um I, did, I told you before that I have a list of names for passersby. Like if I speak to someone that passes the front yard garden long enough where we exchange names, I put them in my phone in like a short description. And so I think I got someone wrong today. I didn't put her name because she always drives by and, you know, she talks from like, you know, her car. And... But I could have sworn she spoke about her mother. And so I, I try to be sensitive about a lot of things, you know. So, you know, do I want to ask about our mother who knows what's happened in the last year? So anyway, what I asked her, I saw her for the first time this season because I'm this is it, you know. Um, I'm getting literally the welcome back <laughs> messages right. from people that are passing by. And um, I said, hey, how's your mother doing? And she's like, oh, everybody's fine. So maybe you think like maybe she wasn't the same woman that I was talking to about her mother. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. She asked me, you know, um, are you doing any fruit this year? Then I have to tell my sad story about, well, strawberries give me the flux every year. But I asked you about the size because, and I know I'm, this is almost a taunt, you know? So I was thinking about, I was looking at apple trees and like the height of them and like, you know, some of the kind of dwarf size earlier in the spring, they had some at the stores and so I'm thinking like, you know, one way to just get past this whole trauma of the cage baby and the tomato fiasco of last year is to plant something that's permanent yeah. there. Um, and so, you know, I could probably do five feet, you know, but I don't know that I really am in- that interested in the trimming bit of it. I'm just trying to be realistic. It with takes myself. five minutes. You know, it's yeah, like you, you. it's like uh, you go out there and winter and like snip, 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 and it's done, you know. And actually, mm-hmm. um, Illinois was a great resource for that. The two places I found that were really good, or three, were Illinois, Minnesota, and North Carolina had really great resources mm-hmm. available for. And I think, I mean, you know, as far as like a permanent food structure, I think growing tree fruit trees and bushes and stuff like that are a really good way. It's hard, though, to get enough off of like bushes and stuff to really maintain as fast mm-hmm. as like the peach tree did. Um, I'm curious to see how the one I planted last year will do this year in comparison to how it was the other trees first year, you know, so I'm curious to see how that works out. But, um, yeah, that's something that we will be adding more of. Um, I just have to be careful that I literally don't end up with an orchard and like have my whole garden shaded out. (laughs) Um, so I think I'm going to add garlic. So we're bouncing around for the season. That's fine garlic to the list um and i this is only the second year i've grown garlic and i'm probably this is probably the only plant that i'm like hopeful about like everything else i'm kind of like i don't know let's see we'll see how my lettuce does <laughs> right <laughs> like, um but once i saw the garlic um 
the green come up, I'm like, okay, I got it. Right. Um, price. I mean, it depends. It depends if you're using, if you're purchasing, you know, certified garlic, it's pricey to come in, you know, the original year. If you're saving garlic and then replanting, that's your opportunity to save some money. So I don't think it's, you know, as cost effective in that first year compared to buying it. Um, I think the quantity and the, again, only one year of growing it and to harvest and the um, shelf life is uber impressive. Um, and it is really a set it and forget it until next year. If you're planting it in the fall, it's been for me. I will fertilize, believe it or not. And then I'll wait you know, so I planted mine. I was looking at my phone because I was trying to confirm where I planted what. And I'm like, oh, wait, November, November. And I realized I planted mine like after Thanksgiving this year. I was uber late. Yeah. And everything besides the containers came up at the like sometime in March. They started popping up. And now everything that I planted is up in mid April. And I expect to harvest them at some point in July. So. I, I need a little bit of that balance of like, there's some things that I really have to baby and there are other things that I can just, you know, be chill with. Yeah. So my garlic wasn't expensive to start. It only cost me three bucks. It was not. No, I grew grocery store garlic. I went, okay, I went yeah. on a limb. Mm-hmm. I, um, I got, I got cornered two years ago, you know, early post pandemic, everybody's freaking out. And I guess there was a vampire, you know, influx and everybody wanted garlic and I couldn't find any. And part of that's because I have to grow it so late in the year here. Um, So I went to the grocery store and I bought it two years ago. I planted it. I saved the biggest bulbs and I did plant less this year. And I'm curious, you know, we're coming. It'll be another couple months before I find out. But I'm curious to see if like those puny bulbs that started so far like last year it was like 75 percent was like still small but then 25 percent of them were large and if i so i saved the 25 percent that was large to replant and if i can keep that going you know if they will actually because i've read that they will actually end up in years being like regular sized garlics Mm -hmm. so um i'm curious to see how it ends up this year but yeah it cost me three bucks to get going and if I yeah, there's that. And if I wanted, no, I did buy organic garlic, and I can in my mm-hmm. area. I have to grow soft net garlic because that's what usually comes out of the store. So keep that in mind. But yeah, I mean, I looked at the price of garlic in the um, on the internet, and it, dude, it was crazy. It, you know, thirty, forty bucks for a bag of garlic. I'm like, come on, man, mm-hmm. you ain't doing nothing but have. It's just garlic. Like, why is it so expensive? And the flavor when you grow it is absolutely superb compared to what you get from the store. Absolutely. Um, I think that it gives you a lot more control over what you're going to do with your meals and when. And because it's a shelf stable crop, I still have some garlic I need to check on now. Funny enough, I still have some garlic and I still have some onions. Those remember the little bitty onions that we talk about? Mm -hmm seed onions so i bought some of those and i've bought them year over year and planted them and they produce like the onions were slightly smaller than your cabbage no they were about like maybe a half dollar size right um but they held firm you know they're still firm i threw away two i think Uh, but anywho I, i think that um 
flavor in that case is really important. And as I was preserving food last year, I used a lot of garlic and I would have preferred not to have had to go out and buy those that I probably would have even opted to not make some dishes just based on the amount of garlic. But yeah, garlic. Give it a try. If you're not growing it, stretch yourself a little. I grew grocery store garlic last year and it was uber small compared to the other garlic that I bought from a certified seller. And so I didn't realize the concept of like with each year, you know, the garlic size should increase, but I didn't do grocery store garlic this year. Yeah. I mean, it did produce though, just to to be clear. I think it's one of those things when you get it from the grocery store, it's like immature and it's been sitting around a while, you know, all that stuff. But I mean, there was nothing easier than going to the grocery store, buying garlic, put it in the garden, done, you know? And this year I actually did something a little bit different. I stuck it in the refrigerator for a couple of weeks just to kind of give it an initial chill. I sent you a picture, by the way, of my latest cabbage that I'm waiting to harvest since you have jokes on me and my cabbages. <laughs> Jerk. I always have jokes. You do have jokes. You'd be giving me a hard time. I have, you're going to give me a uh, complex. Oh no, you're fine. Oh now that now we're talking. Now we're talking all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Here we go, people. Look at that. But look at those two that are looks to me be the same exact size. But okay. They're different you know. um varieties. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. More to come on that because I'm I'm trying to figure out my varieties for cabbages. Um, I can tell you that market Copenhagen cabbage is off the list, everybody. I'm tired of growing it. It's small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do mm-hmm. want to get big heads of cabbage, but I got to go through my seed bank. Um, my next one is going to be, and it, it's another one that's just not very sexy, but it's green beans because I get so mm-hmm. many green beans off of so little effort. You know what I mean? The biggest effort is it's just like okra. It's just picking it constantly. Go out there and pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the the hardest part about it. But I mean, I just get so many green beans off an of eight foot trellis. It's ridiculous. So it's like one of those that's just constantly there. As far as taste goes, I'm going to be honest. I don't really see a difference. You know, mm. um, we can a lot of them and the benefits of canning them. It's it's neither here nor there as far as like, oh, we're saving a lot of money. But I have actually made myself start eating them a little bit more fresh. And there is a huge money savings when it comes to eating and buying fresh green beans. So there is that because I just can't can but so much. I get tired of standing mm-hmm. behind the canner at some point in the summer. <laughs> I um. I, I meet you there with green beans, and I think the only note is um, the impact of not picking them on time, the impact on the plants. Um, I had a stellar green bean last green bean year last year, and it really made me excited about green beans again. I have been growing a lot of bush beans, mm-hmm. you know, the bush plants, and I just don't think that that's my jam right now. They, you know, I, for me as a gardener, I often forget about the plants down there. Now I've had a couple of years where it's like, oh, they, they did their thing, you know, the bush plants, but I really liked growing them vertically, uh, the pole beans vertically. And so I'm going to do that this year. Um, there are a handful of things that are really good in the garden, fresh by fresh. I mean, you, you may potentially cook them, but you're, they're not preserved or anything and string beans 
over a little bit of oil, a little seasoning. I mean, it goes a long way, doesn't this it? Is, yeah, you know, like I would never have told my grandmother this, uh, you know, when she was alive. But toss all of the green beans she ever served me, you know, <laughs> like this was it, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a good a good note. Um, I'm going to leave off a couple that are obvious, and perhaps we'll do an honorable mention for them. Um, I think that I'm going to do a bit of a cheat and say herbs as a category. And leave it at that when it comes to um, picking one, unless you make me. I think herbs are something I've come to enjoy growing. And I think it pushes me a little bit outside of my comfort zone when it comes to cooking, you know, and preparing meals. So I don't know Um, if your video is as choppy as mine is right now. Um, But can I say something? And and I want to say this in the most loving manner possible, but I told you so. <laughs> you did. You said, hey, well, the you idea of me. it, but now listen to you. This is not the first time you brought up herbs either. It's not the first time I brought up herbs and um, the I told you so should have an asterisk because <laughs> I remember it very clearly. It was along the lines and you said it multiple times that, you know, what's a, a good crop to grow for a new gardener what would you recommend and your response was herbs and i still stand by nope that ain't it um so i i think that that's okay i i you know, no no i'll take the whole out i told you so um i'm gonna acquiesce i think we need like, to change the intro with. to the show hi my name is ben gardner and i'm with batavia the asterisk queen <laughs> well i mean it all but think about it it came from a place where outside of you know the seasonings that i use would be in a jar yeah right you know and while it's a bit more than salt and pepper it wasn't a whole lot more i mean in the last probably 10 or 12 years i started using garlic powder you know so i mean i don't come from a place where i was cooking with a lot of fresh herbs you know for years and years and years and um I think it it really can add a, a freshness to you know they say with decorating a pop of color it adds a freshness to um, your garden and when you're thinking about these other things you're growing you know I think it just makes sense um, dried herbs you probably are going to probably break even when it comes to is it more pricey to um, grow them versus or buy them versus grow them it depends on the herb uh, something like you know basil if you dry that you know yeah maybe it depends on how liberally you use basil too um there's other things like i've never been able to grow a lot of thyme not that i'm using a lot of thyme though oregano is one that i use often same thing like i can never get to the point where i've planted enough oregano um but i'm working my way up to it you know it's interesting um because i'm glad you brought up the drying it and freshness and stuff like that and eating it fresh because if you've been, if you're one of those people that are sitting here and you're like, I got a jar of basil and it's good and you've never grown it, the taste is completely different when it's fresh. Mm-hmm. It's not even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's not even up for discussion at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I dry a lot of my herbs for the winter, but in the summertime, man, that freshness is just it's unparalleled. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Any herb that you can, you know, you can think of, it's just it's totally different. And yeah, you know, 
the price of a dried herb, I mean, you can, dude, you can go to the Dollar Tree and get dried basil mm-hmm. and it tastes about the same as your dried basil. So, um, I don't know if you're really going to save any money there, but if you want to foray into the world of fresh herbs in your food, then it's a big money savings because mm-hmm. it's just outrageous. And it's, you know, it's like you can take a basil, cut off a stem, stick it in water, and you got a plant. You know, it's yep. nothing to it. So it's um, it's really easy to propagate. It's really flavorful. It changes your meals completely. I mean, you can grow a garden. You can have a four by eight bed and you can grow tomatoes. And I mean, what do most people grow? Squash and cucumber. Throw a basil plant in there. And then from that basil plant, you can create five different dishes off the top of my head easily. You know what I mean? It, it just it makes a difference in your food. So I'm I'm up mm-hmm. there with you on on herbs. Obviously, um, I yeah. think it's a great addition, and they're generally pretty easy to take care of. I don't really mm-hmm. get a lot yeah. of pests they, or they anything take some in ab- them. Agreed, and they take some abuse as well. Yeah. Well, you're supposed so, to abuse them. Yeah, if you're. Yeah, I guess. Uh, fact or fiction. If you are a forgetful gardener, generally, um, I think basil is probably the, maybe the most finicky, just based on potentially the um, the softness of the leaves. But all of the other uh, herbs that I've grown, it's kind of like it will take a beating and keep on, on ticking. So, so, yeah, thanks for the cosign on herbs. I'll cosign on that one. And, and by the way, I do want to save a little bit of space in this episode. I'm going to give you a heads up for things that we will not grow. Mm. Maybe just like one or two each. You know what I mean? If that will work for you. Um, I'm going to have to say <clears throat> cantaloupe is a big one for me. I'm just going to say melons in mm. general. Um, mm. I went to a farm. I don't know. Let me, let me get through this. So this is about 10 years ago. I went to a farmer's market and a guy came up. I went up to a guy and he was like, um, man, you, you want to buy this cantaloupe? He's like, I'll give it to you for a dollar. Like it's, it's gotta go. And I was like, I don't know, man, I wasn't real big on cantaloupe or anything. And he was like, I was like, all right, I'll take it dollar, whatever. He's like, look, you have to eat it today though, or else it's going to go bad. And I was like, all right. So I went home, I cut it open Oh my gosh. It was like nothing I had ever tasted in my life. It didn't taste, you know how cantaloupe will have like a musky flavor when you get it from the grocery Mm -hmm. store. It was like pure sugar in my mouth. It did not even resemble what I had anticipated. So I started growing it and year after year, it's become the same thing. It's, you know, if you get it, if you let it ripen really good, it's a totally different flavor. Um, And I think for me, like the price, you know, they're not overly productive. I think maybe on a, on a cantaloupe plant, we'll get three or four cantaloupes off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that flavor is just something that I've never experienced in from a store ever. And I don't think it's possible to create that just based on how they harvest them <laughs> and the way they have to mm-hmm. ripen and stuff like that. Um, and same with watermelons. Same exact story is, you know, when you make a, when you grow a watermelon, that sweetness is definitely there. Now, it's hard to grow them because there's a lot of disease. Um, there's a lot of confusion about when to harvest that, which hopefully if I get to the, the chance to, I'll cover that later. 
um, because it's really a visual thing. Um, it's not really something that I can explain very well. And there's multiple ways to do it to tell, but when you really get down to it and you grow it, you'll, you'll figure it out. So, um, and there's so many different varieties that you can get different shapes and sizes and stuff like that. Like I've grown a 50 pound watermelon before. I don't want to grow a 50 pound watermelon because I can't eat a 50 pound watermelon. I need to grow personal <laughs> size watermelons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only thing the 50 pound watermelons are good for is grease the pig. That's it. Do you know what that is? So, yeah, okay. yeah. Because you've told me before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I gave you the, I don't know, because I feel like it's such a broad, like, melons I mean dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of types of melons like I kind of feel like that's a cheat although I just came with herbs yeah so that was my pause um I've struggled I've my melon growing has been hit or miss yeah but every year that I've grown melons so far it's only been like three years 21 20 wait 20 2020 2021 2022 and I believe two of those three years, I've had a honeydew melon that's still the best honeydew I've ever had. And then the um, mango melon, which is a hybrid. I, the one year, that first year I grew them, I had my neighbor telling, you know, her, her, she took some to work. I gave her some. She took some to work. And the, her coworker is like, you know, is she growing those melons again this year? Like, I mean, it's one of the best things I've tasted, one of the best melons I've tasted. And so I've just in this moment recommitted the the trellis in the front yard to melons this year, just in this moment, because it's worth it. I basically got like maybe six or eight melons total across these three years that have been just that good. And it's worth the space. You know, I'm growing them vertically. It's worth the hassle that they can be just to get a chance you know for that goodness so and that's the thing too with the different varieties and melons like i mean you can go anywhere and i'm gonna say that i've been very stern about my stance on this is i hate a honeydew melon but i will say (laughs) this you have me on the fence in future years to consider start maybe i'm on the three-year plan for honeydews i don't know (laughs) don't be an asterisk next to that one too how's that I think it does so well in your area because I believe a part of the problem I faced is the race against time. Again, going back to how long the melons take to produce, how long when I'm planting them. So the gardener does impact it. The start that I get last year, I didn't have a quality melon come out of the garden. Um, And unfortunately, um, you know, if I go back, I had some false starts with my melons this year. I'm going to start them indoors um, versus direct seeding just to try to mitigate, you know, the potential of something not germinating in the ground. Like I want to get ahead of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on your weather, man, they, I think it's worth a spot somewhere in your space just to see if it's that good. It's the same thing. Like you said, like whatever you're eating, whatever this cantaloupe you, you eat, we've joked about this, like the breakfast buffet type cantaloupe, you know, <laughs> like this ain't that, yeah. you know, the, the fruit plate that you get, 
the the fruit platter that they serve at like banquet type style you know nope this ain't it yeah i mean you gotta Um, choke that stuff down once you've had the real thing you've really got to start choking it down before you're like yeah i mean it's hard it's like a doggy bone for humans or something like just you know it's hard to go to a public function sometimes and enjoy what's served to you and i mean i hate to say that because i feel like you're kind of it's like snobby to say but when it comes down to it and you really know what real food tastes like um, it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, no, and not everything is like that though. Well, not everything is like that. And it kind of goes back to that balance of, um, you know, what really tastes better out of your garden compared to getting it anywhere else, yeah. you know? All right. You want to take the last few minutes for, and just talk about stuff that you just won't grow? Yeah, you go first while I think of something. Damn, I gave you a heads up. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> well, I was, I was paying attention to what you were saying. I was enthralled in the conversation. <laughs> so th- there's not a lot of things that I won't grow. And it's, it's actually, it's funny. There's I've said before, like, I won't grow X, Y, and Z, and now I'm growing them. Um, for instance, like potatoes onions stuff like that you know um curiosity got the best of me um this year i'm gonna try gourds for an example I have no idea how that's gonna work out but um so it's like I, I say i won't grow them but there could very well be a time in my life when i will start growing them but one of them would be like a regular like a jack-o'-lantern style pumpkin mm-hmm. i just for the limited use the amount of space the amount of disease and pest pressure that goes on it, it's just for me, it's not, I'm not worried about it. And there was a time when I was a gardener where I was like, look, I want the biggest thing out there. It's, I got to show off. You know, it's like somebody comes over to the house, you want to have the biggest pumpkin or something. And <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. I've kind of, I've gotten away from that and really tried to be more practical. So we've tried to grow them before. We've just had nothing but headaches and it's just not worth it. So we've done winter pumpkins before and we're doing them again this mm-hmm. year where that's like the pumpkin pie style pumpkin. It's very small. So what that means and um, if you grow something and it's going to have a smaller fruit on it, you're going to get more off of that plant. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Um, and then like if you want to do like we paint it, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be. So um, that's something that I just I just won't grow. And I have I'm probably fairly comfortable saying I'll never grow it unless I were to get like a lot of space. I'm just don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump on the bandwagon with that. I won't grow pumpkins in this the space I'm in right now. It's just, there are too many things that I could grow in its place. And it's not something that I even eat often. Yeah. Like I may have some type of pumpkin soup or something as you know, that was a part of the appetizer at some restaurant or something, you know. But, but that's a different style I, I, pumpkin. Yeah. I mean, even still, I guess my point is like, it's not even, it's not even a vegetable that I eat often. Yeah. Like, I, I'm struggling thinking like, when did I have pumpkin, you know? And so it's not on my list because of that. A close second. So I'm not saying never, but I really, I think it's probably a space thing. I am growing um, a different variety of butternut squash this year but your traditional like walnut butternut squash i just don't think that i'm going to give that another try in this space um again i have a hybrid 
um, smaller producing fruit that I'm going to give a try. I'm super hopeful about this year. Um, but I just, it's the long season, the battle with, you know, disease for the plants, you know, to get to the point of maybe getting more than I want or maybe not getting enough. It's just not, it's not high value of enough crop for me. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, and it's, I struggle with winter squash in general. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that because spaghetti squash is another one I'll never grow again. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I mean, end of story. Don't matter. I just don't like it. So I don't like it enough to dedicate space to my garden. This is actually a good opportunity to, you know, you have your seed swapping buddies. Like I'd love to be able to trade something in my garden for maybe one butternut, like typical butternut squash or one spaghetti squash but i like don't want more than one of them you know, yeah. like, you know like hearts for spaghetti squash period i grew them one year and i got a, a number of um plants off that year i grew them i did start planting in in june so maybe it was a little bit later you know and so i was pulling green plants off the or green um um, squash off the plants and those things don't ripen after they're no. they're harvested so there is that so i haven't given it the full try but i'm not that interested in giving it the full try uh this one that i'm going to do this year it is it's a butternut squash um rave reviews from a flavor perspective smaller producing plant um or vegetable so i'm i'm looking forward to giving that a go and we'll see um yeah for me you have another um i was just gonna say as far as like butternut squash goes, I feel like they come fast and heavy for me and then they kind of die <laughs> off and then they come to another period where they come really hard. And I, I, I don't know if it's like fertilization or how that works for me. Um, but I definitely know, I mean, last year my butternut squash vine was, I think, what did I end up, I think I, I did hit the 30 foot mark. And the mm-hmm, vine was 30 mm-hmm. feet long and it was, it was a rough 30 feet. I just, I got to a point where I was like, I just want to see how long it'll get. Um, yeah. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's late in the year or whatever, but we were getting a fair amount of squashes off of it. And I mean, I think my record that one year was like 32 squash off one plant. The guy was growing out of my compost pile. So um, it's definitely, it can be a high producer, but then I've had years where it doesn't produce anything. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say squash and zucchini, but like this year, you know, the squash vine borer is a, is a real headache, but this year I'm actually planning to go a little heavy on it because I really want to give it a go. I think I'm going to dedicate a whole bed to it. Um, we'll see. And my butternut, I'm actually not growing butternut squash this year. I'm going to grow Seminole pumpkins instead. So um, we'll see how that goes as well, which is it says pumpkins, but it's the same thing just in a pumpkin shape. So, um, you know, I don't care for acorn squash either. Like as far as those go, I I like butternut squash. That's it. So I'm kind of gambling with this Seminole pumpkin. It better be good. (laughs) It's um, those vining crops for kind of the urban garden space. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Obviously, we... um, we spoke of melons and with great reverence, right? You know, um, but look at what we gain, like kind of a life altering experience of deliciousness, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and so I, I think that there are a lot of other spaces in our garden that are dedicated to just quantity, quality and quantity, um, you know, and, and 
I look at something like, you know, melons and they're worth it for me. Like I enjoy them just that much when they're good. Um, and maybe again, in a different space, I will look forward to having, you know, what was the record? What did you guys get? Like 30, like 20 or 30 butternut squash a couple of years 32, ago? 32, I believe it was. Yeah. That was yeah, abnormal though. I mean, I, I want to be clear. That wasn't like a normal mm-hmm. thing for us. I was yeah. shocked by how much we were getting. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, we were harvesting it by the wheelbarrow. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to give away that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it stores for a long time, but we just got tired yeah. of eating it, too. I mean, that was the yep. other problem. That's my, that's my exact point. You know, there. I mean, there. you could get creative if you really wanted to or needed to, yeah. which is a different thing. Um, okay. I'm surprised is that, that Cucanel wasn't you have on one your more? list. I'm not gonna I let it go. I almost lit with it, but that would have that have been too on the nose. Yeah, I'm not gonna let it go. Well, you know, you know what? Um, I'm not having second thoughts. Never will I. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right, everybody. So I guess the moral of the story here is grow what you like and find mm-hmm. your reason for growing it. And um, we have. I mean, I, th- I guess we did talk on things that were like overly prolific, but. There could be plants that you don't want to grow because you get too much off of it. And I'll leave you with one for me. Tabasco peppers. Never grow them Mm. again. Too many, too much work. No thank you. But uh, check us out on all our usual places. Patreon, Apple subscriptions, uh, BackyardGardensTV.com. Check out Batavia on her YouTube at Be Better Garden. And check me out on Sandy Bottom Homestead. And until next time, we're going to learn to grow and grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.